Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Project Next, the podcast that explores the future of technology in marketing and communications. I'm your host, Brian Martin. Today, we are talking with Kendra Bracken Ferguson, a pioneer in the digital, social, and influencer space. Welcome, Kendra. Hi, thank you for having me. Kendra, you launched Digital Brand Architects, which is a leading influencer management company, and Brain Trust, which is a fast-growing social media agency. Most recently, you were Chief Digital Officer of CAA GBG, and you've been a creative force for brands for almost two decades now. How did you get your start? <laughs> um, it's funny. I like to say that when I was in sixth grade, I knew I wanted to be a publicist. And that kind of thesis and theory carried me through college and through the beginnings of my career. And I, I landed at Ralph Lauren as the first director of digital media. And so it was really a position created by David Lauren to focus on launching the brand across social. So I was the first one. I was the only one. And I had the opportunity of working directly with David as well as the head of corporate communications, the head of PR, the head of marketing, the head of e-commerce, and the head of advertising. So I was really able to look at social through the lens of not only one area of a brand, but through the entire marketing funnel. And I remember having to sit with Roger Farah, the CFO, and share how much money we were making on Facebook, which <laughs> wasn't a lot at the time, but it did coming kind of from an agency background, it gave me really an innate sense of how brands were looking at social and how social needs to be able to perform beyond just to post on a channel, but really to drive ROI, acquisition, and conversion. And were you making a lot of money through <laughs> Facebook for Ralph Lauren? No. 2008, 2009, we were not. Um, <laughs> it, it was funny because I think back, um, and even with the influencers, which we called bloggers at the time, you know, we were literally doing $500 deals, and now we're doing seven-figure deals with some of the same talent. So to just see the evolution of what social was, I mean, back then there was no Instagram, there was no Pinterest. There was no Google Plus. So we really were in the infancy of what social really was, especially when it came to brands and then to bloggers who evolved into influencers. So you were actually one of the first agencies to represent influencers. How did you figure that out? How did you see that opportunity back then? Well, it's funny because um, my business partner, I remember I was thinking about her all Friday, Saturday. I woke up, I texted her, she called. I said, oh my gosh, I have an idea to manage bloggers. And she said, me too. We put up a website that day, got our husbands together for brunch on Sunday, filed for an LLC Monday. And I said to David Lauren, I said, oh my gosh, we're gonna manage bloggers. And he was like, as long as they're wearing Ralph Lauren. And every <laughs> Friday we would meet at the Standard Hotel and we would just talk to all the bloggers. And they were our friends. I mean, I had been in an agency background, as I mentioned, and then I was at Ralph. So my job was talking to bloggers and giving them product. And it was just so interesting because they would come and say, you know, I'll do this, I'll do that. Like, you don't have to pay me or, or maybe pay me just a little. And I would say to them, you have more traffic 
to your blog than the brand has. And you have this reach that you just don't even know. And so Karen and I were talking about it and we were like, these guys are the next influencers. They're the ones who are setting the trends. And so we saw an opportunity, we jumped right in and we spent so much time going to the brands and explaining like, these people have influence, they have reach, they have more traffic than you. And grew that literally into such a fast growing company. We ended up opening an office in Hong Kong and Milan. Um, Irving Azoff came in as a majority investor. We represented about 150 talent. And what happened for me was within two weeks of really launching it, I was like, I'm not a good talent manager. <laughs> and I was like, I'm really not. And what I am good at and what I was good at that I really kind of found my sweet spot in that company was strategy and brand building and really understanding, you know, what's the point of view that's going to make you unique and different to make people listen and care about you. So I would sit with the talent and say, okay, you're not going to be a fashion blogger forever taking selfies. You know, what's the brand that you're creating? Can you be on TV? Can you create digital content? Are you a chef? Are you a stylist? Are you a photographer? So really looking at the long tail of influence and how do you monetize and build brands from that? Um, and that really kind of became the catalyst for the, the rest of my career. Did you have a stake in those bloggers or how did the business model of all that work for you? So we were talent managers, mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, we were in New York um, and LA is a bit different in terms of agents and managers, but we were managers. And so a traditional management model, doing the deals, building their brands and taking a percentage of commission. Mm -hmm. But then you moved to LA and did your model change with that move? <laughs> um, so, and it's funny because um, everyone, when I moved to LA, they were like, oh my gosh, you made your husband move to LA. I'm like, actually, no. <laughs> my husband works for Madison Square Garden and they bought the forum. So it was by chance that we actually moved here. But it, it really gave me a different perspective and insight in terms of the industry and the business. And so whenever I left DBA to start Brain Trust, um, my next company, Company, it was really to get back to working with brands and helping brands to say, you know, what influencers do we work with and why? What are we doing on social? How do we use social to grow our brand and to stay relevant and to stay on trend? And then looking at everything I had been doing with influencers to say, okay, influencer, how do you really work with a brand? And not as their manager or their agent, but more on the side of interconnecting brands and influencers to drive dynamic results and to create things together and to support each other. Okay, so give me some good examples of that. So Furbo, okay. a brand. Furbo is this amazing brand and they're basically this technology, it's a pet camera. So you can be anywhere and you can see your pet and it actually gives your pet treats. So <laughs> it's amazing. They've grown leaps and bounds. So we essentially went through talent that actually had dogs um, where they had talked about them on Instagram. Dogs were a big part of their life. We also went to a few famous um, dog influencers and we connected them with the Furbo and they created video content. Um, they did all kinds of campaigns. We then did a partnership with the Ellen DeGeneres show and had Furbo there. So from a mass celebrity influencer down to some of our micro dog influencers, and then different talent kind of in between helping to support and promote the brand as content creators. 
Um, another example would be Sally Beauty. They've been our client for three years and they have over 3,000 retail doors, really one of the largest retailers of hair good cosmetics. And we literally partnered them with influencers to create these curated shops where it would be a shop in a shop on sallybeauty.com. We did about 1.6 million in revenue just through our influencer programs. One of the influencers was driving a majority of that. So what we did is we took that influencer and then we started creating products, leveraging the influencer for Sally. So when you start to look at the long tail for the brand, they were driving incremental revenue based upon their influencer partnerships. The influencer was clearly being an ambassador, but now she's getting what she always wanted, which was her own hair care brand with a retail partner like Sally. So how do you come up with the ideas for the brands you would launch with those influencers? So to help us solve for that, we created this tool, Influencer Data Mapping. And it was really to bridge the gap between brand and influencer using science and judgment to determine what the best partnership and what the best concepts would be. So for me, I've been in the influencer space for so long, like starting, you know, I was working with MySpace back in 2002, 2003. Wow. So it's less about brands saying, I want to work with an influencer, we've, we've passed that. Brands know they need to do it. So we're not solving for should I work with an influencer or not. It's now about how do I identify the right influencer and how do I create a campaign that's going to be successful for the brand and the influencer. So through our influencer data mapping tool, we're literally using discovery, verification, and validation to say that by partnering with this influencer and creating this campaign based upon the content that performs best on the influencer's channel as well as the influencer's audience and how engaged they are, we know that this type of a campaign with this type of a brand is going to have a higher probability of success because the science, the data, the AI are telling us, but then we have to use human judgment and human insight to really determine if that connectivity is going to resonate across the board with all of the audiences. Wow, that's amazing. Are you investing in those brands and are you looking at it like a VC would, where you start a lot of them and hope for a home run here and there? The <laughs> 90-10. <laughs> 90-10 rule. Um, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I'm so excited. So I literally am just in the process of buying my company Brain Trust back in 2017, CAA um, GBG Global Brands Group actually acquired Brain Trust. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really amazing. And it's it's been such a great um, divine detour, as I like to say, but it's been an amazing journey to really look at where's the market going? What are the trends from a brand perspective? And how do you navigate and work with influencers to really create impact? And so what I'm creating with Brain Trust is this notion of, we can use social media, digital marketing to help talent be more commercially viable so that they can go out and create their brands because they now have this social footprint. And then I'm also working um, with my business partner to create Talent Venture Fund, in which case we are actually going out and raising money to help talent either invest in companies or to create their own brands and products because we very much believe that if you can find the connect Activity between the influencer, the audience, the white space and retail, then we have a greater chance of actually being successful. So of course, there will be kind of the 90-10 rule, but we really think by this science and judgment model and influencer data mapping that we are creating brands of the future that are much more low risk 
and will actually be able to be sustainable um, and successful. Wow, that's so interesting. It's such a smart idea. I'm surprised CAA is letting you get away. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you see the influencer marketing world going? Well, it's funny because, you know, now we've got nano influencers, we've got micro influencers, we still have macro, we still have mass, we have celebrity. And my perspective is that influencers, it it doesn't ever go away because in essence, the definition of an influencer is someone who can make someone else do something. So if I say I love this to my 10 followers and one of them goes out and buys it, I'm an influencer to my group or my community. So if you look at social networking sites, you had Mahente, Black Planet, Asia Avenue, like those were the first. And it was about communities of interest, communities of people coming together around a commonality. So as long as people have commonalities with other people, they are going to influence their peer set. It's the same reason why Facebook is so large, but they're seeing their group model really grow and expand. People want to be part of groups. They want to talk about it. So I think it's it's less about like, is influencer marketing going away? No, because there's going to be another type of influencer who comes up. It's the same way you look at stylists and now stylists became influencer, makeup artists. You know, we've worked with chefs who we've had to hire so much security because people want to see them and they want to know who they are. So the term influencer doesn't go away. It's really what's making up that influencer set that I think is going to continue to evolve. And it's going to be driven by the industry. It's going to be driven by what is it that people want to know about? What do they care about? And then it's also, it's going to be niche. Like there's a whole group of car enthusiasts. That car influencer, he may not be influencing the beauty market, but he's influencing the people who care about what he's talking about. And so it's tapping into that passion and that community that's going to continue to drive the influencer space. Now, I do believe that we have to look at influencers as media channels. And there's a big thing that we're seeing in terms of monetizing digital content for influencers, like they're creating it, they're doing it. How do you monetize that as an additional revenue stream? And I think that what's happening is brands, when you look at where is the money coming from to do influencer programs, there's very much the organic side of influencers. Come to my event, maybe you'll write about this. But when you start saying to an influencer, be my creative director, be my model, be my photographer. Which is happening Which is happening. And that's where the model evolves and that's where compensation comes. And then you're also saying, to an influencer, I want you to promote something so you're functioning as a media channel. It's the new form of the New York Times or Pop Sugar or Women's Wear Daily or ESPN. They're media channels because they have an audience who is going to engage with the content that the brand wants to put in front of them. And so that's how they grow beyond the social media world into other forms of communication. Exactly. Who are some of your big clients in Brain Trust now? You know, I've been working with Halle Berry for the past um, four years. I'm her business partner in a wellness company, Respin, um, nice. Respin Wellness, that we're preparing to launch. Very exciting. Um, we're starting to do some work with Sophia Bush. And then we also have our traditional clients, Sally Beauty, Cantu, Lather, Robbie's. So it's an exciting time. You know, I think we're going to come into this brave new world of social and digital. We're going to continue 
continue to look at what's new and next. Our influencer data mapping tool is really a pivotal moment for us to really put a stake in the ground for how do you leverage AI technology coupled with human insights to develop campaigns and to create new partnerships. And I think that, you know, we say that it's hard to kind of predict in this space. We know there's going to be new types of social networking sites and social communities. Um, and I think that it's really about personalization. I think that it's about understanding niche audiences. And I also think we have to look at a new form of metrics to really determine what success looks like. We're seeing so many brands that have started as DTC brands and have been on Google, graduated to Facebook, Amazon, but are now going into the TV world. Do you have any brands that are doing that already? So we work with um, this interesting company, and it was created by this woman, Daniela Shakayan, and she um, literally ran Cosmoprof, which is the largest B2B kind of beauty trade show. And it's fascinating because a lot of what her companies do, they start out as these beauty brands and they're D2C because it's, it enables them to get to the market faster. She's now taken that concept and she's actually in a deal for a TV show that's taking these D2C brands, bringing them into a TV environment, almost like a shark pitch. And then from that TV environment, actually spinning out new products that will kind of go back into DCC, but also have a retail partner. So it's interesting starting on DTC, going into traditional forms of media like TV, and then coming out into a retail funnel, and then kind of going back into DTC and starting all over again. So it's an interesting cycle. It's a whole new world of growing a business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you're in the process of buying yourself back from CAA, and you've got a lot of plans for the other side of that. What's next for you personally? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> personally, um, very exciting. My husband and my four-year-old daughter, Tiara, we've just bought a new house. We're doing a massive renovation. Um, and then we are looking at some other real estate investments. Very exciting. We own in Cayman Islands, so we want to do something in Inglewood. Inglewood is the hottest property right now um, in L.A. outside of downtown. I'm excited to grow brands with talent. You know, I'm excited to start this fund. Um, I've never done a fund before. As many brands as I've helped build and launch, I've never been on the side of providing the capital. I've been on the side of brand development. So it's exciting for me. It's like I have a master's and now I'm seeing the other side of it. I'm reading a few venture books and talking to my venture friends, but it's a great feeling and an amazing place to be in where you can say, what am I passionate about? What am I good at in business and personally and what really fuels me? And so, you know, I'm really blessed and fortunate to be at a place in my career where I can say I'm good at brand building. I'm good at brand strategy. I'm good at business alliances. I'm good at connections. And to be able to take that into the next evolution of my career and to have clients and people that trust me um, to do it. I would say you're also good at spotting things before anybody else sees them and acting on them really quickly. That's always been true of you. And Thank I've known you. you for a number of years yes. now. You've been listening to Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, CEO of Brain Trust. Thank you for joining us today, Kendra. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. This has been another episode of Project Next. Until next time, I'm Brian Martin.